please stand for the reading of the gospel. Reading for today is from the gospel according to John, third chapter, beginning with the 11th verse. Jesus responded, Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not, rec you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the gospel of our Lord. Over the course of um, my life, I have known some extravagantly generous people. People who give their time, their money, their, their spirit and energy, their very lives to, um, to supporting, to encouraging, to nurturing, to making better the lives of all of those around them. And I bet you all can name some of those folks as well. I think of my parents who would always um, lived below their means so that they could be abundantly generous to the church where I grew up um, each and every month. I think, of, um, I think of two men, brothers, Earl and Rayford, who were, uh, owned a commercial tile laying business. They were really artisans, uh, did back, back when tile laying was piece by piece. Um, and uh, after a long, hard uh, week of work, um, they would show up every Sunday morning in the upstairs um, education building of uh, the church I grew up in to teach, God help them, 10 and 11-year-old boys, Sunday school class. I don't know why they did it, but they were there week in and week out. I think about Miss um, Bess, who probably now at 90 still is the first person to show up on someone's door with a pie or with a meal or with a card or flowers or whatever else it is, boundless energy giving of herself um, to serve and love others well. I think of folks right here at Davidson UMC who will, will write a check anytime there is a need, who, who give sacrificially of their resources in support of the ministry and mission of this church, those who serve tirelessly in countless ways, um, saw some of them this morning, uh, Virginia and our children uh, playing for us, folks who serve our Bridges partners, uh, folks who, who work in the community garden or who help build habitat homes or teach Sunday school or who are right now um, caring for, for children in our children's ministry, who will travel with youth in the summer, serve as confirmation mentors show up for countless hours of rehearsal as musicians and choir members and ringers and a whole sort of other activities, folks who answer phones and prepare meals and um, 
show up for crazy hours, in the, even in the middle of the week, to provide sound and light and um, video for the ministry and mission of our church. Folks who give over and over again for us to be the body of Christ in the community. That is extravagant generosity. We've come to week five in our series on the practices of fruitful living, uh, to being the body of Christ in the community well, of making disciples, living in ways that transforms the community and the world around us, to being more and more like God's kingdom on earth. We've explored how God uses the, the, the church through us to radically welcome and offer hospitality to others, to turn no one away from the table. We've seen how in that gathering we encounter God in passionate worship and our lives are, are shaped and transformed to be more like the God that we worship through intentional faith development where we gather to learn and to grow and deepen our faith. And then last week, as Pastor Diane reminds us, to respond to the world's suffering, to the world's needs by, by offering ourselves in risk-taking mission and service. And so today, we, um, we lean into that final uh, practice that Bishop Snazy lays out for us. And next Sunday, we'll conclude our study with the opportunity for us to covenant with God by offering our estimates of giving for the coming year. Hopefully you've seen the video that um, we, we released earlier in this week, and um, you had a moment to take a look at that, where I talk a little bit about stewardship and um, the practice of giving. And if you haven't received it, you should receive an estimate of giving card in the mail, which you can bring with you next Sunday. We'll offer those in worship, or you can turn them into the office or drop them in the mail, whatever is convenient. So we think about how we are the church together. And so this morning, I want us to just briefly turn our attention to that fifth practice, to, to extravagant generosity, which Bishop Snazy defines as our unselfish willingness to share and give from all our resources in a way that exceeds all expectations. Extravagant generosity describes lavish sharing and sacrifice, giving in service to God and our neighbor. By being extravagantly generous people and an extravagantly generous church, that is one of the ways that we love our neighbors well and we are the body of Christ in and for our community. Extravagant generosity involves the reordering of all of our priorities, living as if Christ really is Lord of our lives, Lord of our money, Lord of our time, Lord of our resources, Lord of our will and our energy, and then having a rhythm or a practice of giving that grows from that, that well of gratitude that we have for all that God has done for us. The truth about us, human beings, is that we have a deep-seated need to be generous. Because being made in God's image, we're, we're mindful that God is generous. And so if we're made in God's image, then there's something about us that, that needs to be generous, to reflect the image in which we are made. 
In fact, all of creation, all there ever was, ever will be, including you and me, all of it is the product of the overflow of God's abundant love. If you imagine for a moment that love that binds together the community of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it is so expansive, it cannot be contained within the Trinity itself, and the overflow of that love, the excess, the surplus, uh, is what leads to all that we see around us, even our own very lives. Generosity is a part of the fabric or the DNA of creation. And churches and individuals who are living into and out of a rhythm of a, a practice of extravagant generosity understand that the failure to be generous, on the one hand, denies a part of who we are. The failure to be generous and the focusing of more of our resources on ourselves, on me, will result in the decline of our spiritual life and the decline of the church. I have seen it countless times, and I can promise you, um, as a district superintendent, when I served in that role and I would go to churches, I could almost tell right from the outset which churches were growing and vital and thriving simply by how they talked about generosity. The churches that were, were, were focused inwardly, that, that were always concerned about, are we going to have enough? They were almost always on the decline. It had a shrinking effect, a, a narrowing of their impact. In contrast, congregations that were defined by generosity, that knew they lived with an overabundance of God's mercy and grace at their disposal, those congregations' impact was, was increased and multiplied. Generosity breeds generosity. The more we give ourselves, our gifts, our resources away, the more we experience the fullness of God's love for ourselves, and then the more we have to give away. With God, the well never runs dry. Now, I do want to be clear that extravagant generosity isn't a scheme by which, you know, if we sow a seed and give more here, somehow it'll pay off over there, you know, the, like the Powerball. If I, if I just put a little more in the offering plate on Sunday, God's going to bless me with a Powerball win on you know, Tuesday night or whatever. That's not how this works. Um, and we don't give generously because we somehow think we're going to outgive God or we can earn God's favor or somehow please God or get in God's good graces. We're already in God's good graces. We give precisely because... We've experienced God's mercy and grace, and we know how deeply God loves us, and that moves us to be grateful, and gratitude leads to generosity. If you think for a moment about the gospel reading, for God so loved the world, what does it say? That God gave. God gave God's only Son, that whoever believes in him may not perish but have whole and abundant life. There is no more extravagantly generous gift than the gift of Jesus, God's own Son, God's own self poured out for us. And we then are called to mirror and to reflect that kind of generosity in our own lives. Um, to, to mirror the image of God in which we are made. And that God in whose image we are made 
is a God who lavishes upon us abundant, unmerited, free, amazing, extravagant love and grace. For God so loved the world that God did, did what God is, well, did what um, God is. God gave. God was generous all the way to the cross. So, if we want to really know what extravagant generosity looks like, then we need only turn our eyes to the cross and to Christ. Because there we see the lengths God will go to love us, to risk loving us so much that, that God gives the, the most generous gift ever given. Generosity, you see, is actually, for us, an act of worship. It's a way of laying before the altar of God an offering of ourselves a, a, as, as a way of saying thank you to God. We might think about it this way. When, when we make a commitment to serve, when we give away some of our, our time or our financial resources or we commit our gifts to the ministry of the church or serving the community in some way, when you click that button on the website and, and make that donation or set up your online gift, whenever we do any of that, it's, it's almost as if we're saying, God, this is one of the ways this week that I want you to know that I love you and I'm grateful. You owe us nothing, O oh God. And yet, you love us and gave us the greatest gift ever given so that we might have even more abundant life. And so this is one of the ways this week I want to say thank you. If that was on our hearts and minds more, how might it change the way that we think about our money and our time? our resources, our energy, and the practice of giving. If, if we just simply paused briefly for a moment and said, what I'm about to do is an expression of my gratitude to God. It's something about what I think God is worth. It's an act of worship. Now, as true with the other practices, it's, you know, most of us can't go from where we are to maybe where we'd like to be in being generous overnight. Like I said uh, a couple weeks ago, most, most of us can't get off the sofa and run a marathon. You have to walk and then maybe jog and then maybe begin running. You have to work up to it. It takes practice, discipline, effort uh, to move from being an occasional giver, an occasional servant of Christ to a fully devoted follower of Christ in all ways to living as if Christ is Lord of all that I have and all that I am. That, that takes time, maybe even a lifetime as we grow in grace. But the point is, God loves us, and no matter where we are, we can begin. Right there, taking the next step. Fruitful people and fruitful congregations are growing and dynamic and alive. And friends, I, I can tell you, I've, I've been in a lot of churches. Some of them I was privileged to serve. Some of them I was merely a visitor, and I, I can tell you I'm so grateful to be serving a place where our challenge is really one that is good to great. Not how do we start being generous, but how do we find ways to be even more generous than we already are. Not that we're perfect or that we have it all figured out, 
or that we're fully the church God longs for us to be. But, but our challenge is to, to lean into the invitation to go from being a generous church to, to an extravagantly generous people. So a couple things I want us to consider as we maybe take that next step. I don't give a whole lot of practical advice in sermons usually. I, I always feel like with Will Willimon said, you know, if you, give, if you draw too many conclusions, you might close off the work of the Spirit and somebody else, they might have a better idea than you have. So don't finish the sentence too much. But today I want to give just a couple make a couple of observations about how we can be more extravagantly generous. One simple thing would be just do something um, this week uh, uh, or daily this week or a couple of times this week, just one simple act of kindness for someone else that's unexpected and for which you know you cannot be repaid. Just something simple. Uh, One simple act of kindness towards someone else in an unexpected way, to to share God's generous love with them that they might experience a little bit uh, more fully for themselves. Maybe send a card, buy a meal, make that phone call that you've been putting off, listen to that co-worker that's hard to love a little longer. Just one way of practicing love um, this week. Another, um, this one might require a bit more effort, Try tithing for a month, just a month, 30 days. Say, I'm going to do it for 30 days and see how it goes. Um, Give God 10% of your income this month and say, um, let's let's see how God reshapes my life and my priorities in that simple act. Try serving in a new way. Maybe God's been nudging you, (laughs) kicking you, encouraging you to step out in faith and try something new. You've always wanted to do it, but you've just hesitated a bit. Well, maybe this is the week, the season, that you take that next step. Maybe God's inviting you to stretch and grow, to become more extravagantly generous with your time. And then finally, of course, you'll, if you haven't received it, you'll get an estimate of giving card. Please, these are not contracts. Uh, God, doesn't, God is not in the contract business. God is in the covenant business. And so as you think about that card this week, let it simply be an act of prayer and worship and say, this is what I want to try to do in the coming year when it comes to my financial generosity. Maybe you'll end up doing more. Maybe you can't do quite as much. That's okay. Uh, but, but it is a practice, a discipline of saying, here's, here's what I think I can do. Here's what I want to do as an act of gratitude and generosity, a prayerful practice. Uh, You probably have other ideas, maybe even better ideas, and I'd love to hear them as we take those next steps toward moving from being a generous church to an extravagantly generous church. We are the beneficiaries of the most, most abundant gift ever given. Literally, the gift of God's own self poured out in Christ Jesus our Lord. God so loved the world... God so loved you and me that God gave and gave and gave and continues to give. Continues to give. May we dare to do the same. Amen.